Hey guys, welcome to Electronic Dance Money, your number one business resource for making money as electronic musicians and producers. Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of Electronic Dance Money. Before we get started, I want to talk about the Mastering Gauntlet a little bit more. It's the project I'm working on with Cameron Bashaw. He was from that second episode where we talked about the importance of mentorship, which the Mastering Gauntlet is still going on. We're still taking submissions. We need a few more tracks. So you might be thinking, well, what's the Mastering Gauntlet? Cameron and I are looking for 30 tracks given to us by producers, 30 mixes. Him and I are going to be going head-to-head, mastering each track throughout the month of September. So every single day, we're going to be mastering the same track. You as the producer, if you supply the track, you're going to choose which master you like the most. Now, we're going to be tallying up the winnings at the end of the month, and the losing engineer will donate $250 to the charity that we have chosen, which is the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. When you get those masters, they're completely free to you. You can use them however you want. They are 100% yours. Just by submitting your track to possibly get entered into the Mastering Gauntlet. So you don't need to be chosen for the Mastering Gauntlet to get put into our giveaway system. Just by submitting your track, you get pulled into our giveaway, which we have some incredible sponsors right now. Our first sponsor is Sample Hero. They're giving away their everything bundle of samples. This is $1,200 worth of samples for free. It's a ridiculous amount of samples. I mean, you can cancel your Splice membership now. You don't need any more samples for probably at least a year, if not more. Our second sponsor, which is one of our favorites, it's such an incredible company. Producer Dojo, if you don't know about Producer Dojo, I suggest you stop what you're doing and look them up. It's headed by Ill Gates. If you don't know who Ill Gates is, go look up Ill Gates. He's taught bass nectar basically everything he knows. Ill Gates is a legend in the industry. He's a, a legend with Ableton, just such an awesome guy and an amazing producer. So he runs a producer dojo, which there's a few things involved in that. Uh, There's the class of 808, which Richie, Sixth Street Music from episode four is a part of. I was a part of class of 808. And the class of 808 basically is a program to take you from being nobody as a producer to igniting your career. Then there's also the weekly download, which the weekly download is a monthly subscription. You pay $20 a month and you get these lessons that Ill Gates teaches weekly. Every week, there's a new episode that comes out where he looks into the producer dojo community with what people are struggling with, and he comes, he makes a whole video on a specific topic. There's everything from mixing, mastering, song structure, production, effects, branding, marketing. I mean, there's just an unbelievable amount of information in there. So not so they're giving away a year subscription of the weekly download. So not only do you get those weekly videos, but you get the entire back catalog of the weekly download as well. This is a $200 a year subscription fee, but it's a total value of $2,600 from all of the back catalog stuff and the future stuff. If you aren't a part of the weekly download, I highly recommend you go sign up for it. it. There's just an unbelievable amount of information on there. Now we've got a 
third sponsor right now, which is Warp Academy. Warp Academy is another online music producer academy similar to Class of 808, which is focused on making you a better producer. So Warp Academy is giving us their Serum Jumpstart Sound Design Masterclass, which is a $200 course where you go from not knowing anything about Serum to becoming basically a professional sound designer using Serum. You sit down with pros and they teach you everything you need to know to become the best sound designer in Serum that you could possibly be. It's such an amazing course. Not only that, they're also giving their Dark Side Funk Sound Bank for Serum, which is another hundred dollars. This is a three hundred dollar package for courses. Warp Academy is amazing. Drew Vespers runs it. Such an awesome guy. Super nice. Super humble and. Warp Academy is just, it's an incredible program. I would highly recommend it for anyone who uses Ableton or is looking to, you know, if you want to up your sound design game, get that course. And we just took on a fourth sponsor. Our fourth sponsor is Technophonic. Technophonic is a company that's really focused around you as an artist and building up your brand. Technophonic is really all about artist development. They've got a bunch of workshops. They've got live webinars, studio hangouts, video libraries of a bunch of basically masterclasses teaching you things. Um, and in a, a huge online community where so many people are supportive of each other and helping each other out. So they're giving us their pro membership for an entire year for free. So you get all of these live webinars, studio hangouts, video library, all this stuff for free. So not only are they giving us that package, but they're also matching our $250 donation to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, which we're so happy about. So that's $500 going to that charity, which we're, we're just so stoked about in addition to that membership they're giving. So many amazing sponsors and you get entered into this giveaway just by submitting your track. That's it. No strings attached. Submit your track. You don't need to get put into the mastering gauntlet. You literally just need to submit your track and you can get entered into these giveaways and possibly win one of these huge packages. I highly recommend you get involved now. You get free mastering. You could potentially get one of these one of these classes or court, one of these packages from the sponsors. We're actually also giving away a DistroKid discount code too. So just by signing up immediately, you'll get an email with a 7% off discount code for DistroKid. So right there, boom, you're ready to go for distribution. You get a little discount off your yearly membership and it's time to start pumping your tracks out. So again, we're still looking for some more tracks you can submit, possibly get free mastering. You also get entered into this giveaway. Just go to www.themasteringgauntlet.net. You can read more about the event, some of the companies that are involved with it, get signed up on our mailing list, or submit your track there. Uh, I think we have a trailer on there too. So you could read more about uh, my background and Cameron's background. Also, have the link on the show notes as well. Definitely go check that out. So let's get started with today's episode. Today I've got something a little bit different and a little bit a little special for you guys. Today's a solo episode. We are not going to have a guest. So I've been thinking about what to do on some of these episodes that will be solo because it'll probably happen from time to time. I won't be able to get a guest um, or there's just no one that I really have in mind that I want to bring on. So I've been thinking, um, you know, with these solo episodes, I think it's important to talk about some things that a lot of other 
people in the industry don't really talk about, at least within electronic music. Today's episode is going to be about dealing or handling successes and failures. And this is something that is really, it's big in your day-to-day life, especially as a producer. If you're writing music every day, at the beginning, you're going to be having way more failures than successes. But as you progress, you will notice that you will start to have more successes as you correct those failures or work through them and learn from them. And it's important to keep yourself in a good mindset when you're approaching some of these failures or these successes or when they just get thrown in your lap, sometimes you can get very flustered and you you don't know what direction to take. You don't know which way is up and which way is down. And it can be frustrating. It can be exhausting. And ultimately, if you just if you don't know how to deal with some of these things, the the exhaustion can quickly turn into depression and from there can quickly turn into apathy and you the last thing you want is to be apathetic towards something you love so much like creating music. Let's start off with what exactly a success or a failure is. The best way to figure out what a success or failure is, is to figure out who determines what a success or failure is. You know, this is something, this is, this can be really tricky. You can start going into a weird space here because A lot of the time, you can assume that, well, other people will point out where my success and failure is. And sure, that can happen, but ultimately, most of the time, at least until you get to a really high, high level, but even when you're at a high level, you have so, your your fans are so split down the middle that you're going to have people that love you no matter what you do, and people that hate you no matter what you do. So, when you point the finger at someone else and say, well, they're determining what my success or failure is. That's just, that's a lie. That's a complete lie that you're telling yourself. Um, because if you have someone that just utterly hates you, doesn't know who you are, they just listen to your music or know you as a producer or a DJ and they hate you, they're going to see everything you do as a failure. And anyone who is just head over heels in love with you a lot of the times they're going to see everything you're doing as a success. And that might not be true just as it might not be true that everything you're doing is failure, a failure. And more than likely everything you're doing is not a failure. So ultimately it really does come down to, well, you're the one that determines your successes and failures. And we can go even deeper into that and say something like, well, what do you consider a failure? What I consider a failure is when I set goals or have plans for myself and I just flat out ignore them. And a lot of the times, I, I'm sure you've done this. I think everyone does this. You you plan for things, you set goals, and you just don't even go shoot for them. And a lot of that is fear-based. A lot of that comes from you just not knowing what's going to happen. Ultimately, it comes down to, are you going to fail it? You don't want to fail that thing. And you don't want to feel like you failed it and have that sadness and be upset, feel like you're just not worthwhile. I don't think that doing something in it not working out is ultimately a failure. You tried. And that is a success in my mind. If you plan for something, if you set these goals and you you think that you can do them, 
but it's a very big goal. I mean, there's a lot of steps involved in it and you've got to you've got to dedicate yourself and you you might need to make some life changes and that's where the scary part comes in is when you go oh well i think i might need to adjust some things that are in my life that i'm now comfortable with and i don't want to do that because that's too scary because i don't know the outcome yet and with that you just completely ignore what you wanted to do and by ignoring and not trying that's you failing so really it comes down to you know are you gonna try So if you're not willing to go for what you want or reach that goal that you've set yourself, I mean, you you are setting yourself up for failure. You're just going to stay in the same spot that you've always been. And that just gets you nowhere. That is all. I mean, if you do that to yourself, that those years of emotional abuse um, and mental abuse that you're giving yourself of not trying anything new or trying to reach those goals that you've set for yourself. You're just going to stay stagnant and you're not going to know why. And that's going to ultimately make you feel worse. That's my thought process through what an actual failure is. It's just it's not trying. It's not helping yourself by trying to achieve the things that you want to achieve or the goals that you want to reach. Now, as a producer, you're going to feel like you you fail a lot. People tell you this is how you need to do this. You need to do it that way. You're going to learn new things and realize, shit, what I was doing before is completely wrong now and that's when that failure is going to kick in and you're going to feel you're going to feel down on yourself and you're not going to want to work on your craft what i think you need to start doing is start is is flip that script stop looking at it like a failure it's not a failure you got to start looking at those things as lessons they're really life lessons for you as a producer and you're starting to gain experience and gain knowledge and understand things in a better and more clear way. And with that, that success will follow. I mean, and I'm sure you know this, in order to succeed at anything, you're going to have to fail. You're going to have to fall on your face a few times. Everyone does it. And it's how you figure out your path and figure out where exactly you need to go and what the best route is for you. But again, if you don't even try... You're never going to find out where you need to go. And that's ultimately what's going to re- lead to your actual failure. And, you know, the more you fall flat on your face, the more you learn and the more you figure out exactly what it is you need to do or where you need to go, you're going to build a thicker skin around this. You're going to become way more resilient. And with that, a lot of these lessons become so much easier. It, it becomes easier to understand and realize, OK, I think I need to be doing it this way instead of that way. And it, you can accept it so much easier. Your growth will exceed exponentially. I mean, it, it, it's it's insane how quickly you can grow, um, not just as a producer or a musician, but as a person, when you can accept some of these lessons that you're learning throughout your career, start to put them in your workflow and start working on them. You know, you really have to think like, if you want to do anything of value in your life, if if you want to create great music as a producer, you want to be a touring artist, or you want to have a big fan base where you can play shows, you can sell out shows. If you're going to create anything of value for anyone in their life, you're going to fail. And that's just something you have to accept. You're not going to be great at everything. And you need to have this student mentality 
this mentality of wanting to always learn and grow and become better. And if you can accept that, if you can understand that you have to be in that mindset as a producer, if you can accept that, your growth will double overnight. I guarantee it. If you go and try to learn from other people and accept criticism and feedback and take that in and work that, it's going to become a lot easier. This industry, you, you'll quickly learn this industry becomes a lot easier, especially in the day-to-day grind of trying to make music and share that with people. And, you know, when you start seeing success, it's a lot easier to take those haters. You're going to have haters. And if you can accept that not everyone's going to like what you're doing and a lot of people are going to be super judgmental and they're going to want to see you fail. If you can understand that and see that from a mile away, it's way easier to just not react to those people and to understand that they're probably just in a position in their life where they're not succeeding. They're not trying to reach their goals. They're seeing you reach your goals because you're trying. Um, and ultimately, they feel like a failure. I mean, it's it's it, it, there's a vicious life cycle of the success and failure um, in the way people see success and failures. And, you know, I'll, I'll just get into this story of mine. You know, when I was when I was fairly young as a producer, I accepted pretty quickly like I I need to learn. I need to find mentors. I need to find people who are going to teach me. I know I'm not doing things the way I need to do. Um, and I remember when I finished a track or I was working on a track and I found out what a compressor was. And I thought this is how people make their tracks loud and big. I didn't even know what mastering was. Um, and I just started fucking throwing compressors on everything and turning the gain up and everything was clipping. And I was like, this is it. I figured it out. I found the industry secret, which is a compressor, which I mean, it's hilarious to think back on it now because it's just a terrible idea to throw a compressor on everything. And I'm sure you, you as a producer are listening to this now, like, what the fuck are you? T- <laughs> what are you thinking? Because that is so dumb. Um, and you can look at that as a failure. And I'm, you know, it's it, it's just something that I thought was what I needed to do. And when I got mentors, they were able to take me in and they had me come over and open up a track that I was working on, they were looking at everything and they saw I had a compressor on everything and they went, what are you doing here? No, 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 no. That's not how you use a compressor. And they took me through this process of, so before you even touch a compressor, you need to figure out, are your levels okay? Is your, is the sound popping out in the mix the way you want it to? It is. Okay, cool. Then no need to do anything with it. Okay. Is it still kind of blurred in the mix and you can't really hear it well then eq any eq other sounds to get that one sound to sit in the mix better and if that fixes it you're good don't touch it anymore you're fine you've got it where it needs to be if that doesn't fix anything if eqing doesn't do anything then you can start to move to a compressor and figure out where you need to go with that and there was an aha moment where i went oh wow, I didn't even think to go to an EQ or I didn't think to just turn other sounds down and maybe turn this one up. I did that thought process just didn't go through my mind. And it was embarrassing. Oh, like 
in that moment, I was thinking, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Who am I? Why am I here? This is just so I'm such an idiot for wanting to do this in that, you know, as you're learning something new, especially if you were doing the opposite, you you feel embarrassed in that you feel like you're a failure. But it's not true. It's just you don't know that process. And so you're learning something new. And in that same session, they were looking at everything I was doing and noticed I had like five or six layers on every single sound, which was just causing so much phase, so many phasing issues. Some of the sounds weren't even coming through the mix. And a lot of that was just because there's too much going on. There's too many sounds taking up too much space. So a lot of the elements weren't coming through. And so it was you know, that I remember, I still remember that session to this day because in the moment I felt like such a failure. But then afterwards, when I left, I realized, wow, I was just taught something that so many young producers don't, aren't given the chance. They have to learn that through years and years of research and looking things up online um, and getting small feedback tips from just m- so many producers throughout the year. And I realized, oh, this is going to change a lot. This is going to change a lot of things. I'm going to start to actually progress. And I remember the next track I made after that. It was, I mean, a million times better. So, you know, I, I, there, there are two choices I could have made there. The, the first choice was I could have left going fuck this shit. I fucking hate this. It's terrible. That was miserable. I'm an idiot. Why am I doing this? I'm done. And I could have just quit and given up. And that would be a bad, I mean, that's a bad decision for me to make because if I'm quitting because I was taught the right way, that just means that I don't want to put in the work to correct my bias of who I thought I was in the moment. Instead, I took what they said and I realized, okay, uh, there's a lot of things I need to work on. That's okay because I want to be a better producer. I want to make better music. And these are the steps I'm going to have to take to get there. Um, and it, it's not a failure at that point. At that point, it turns into a complete success because I'm coming out of it going, oh, this is going to make me better. I'm going to be a much better producer. And my next track was a success because it was so much better than that previous one where I had a million compressors and a million layers and everything was just so bad. It was just, that's the only word for it. But this next track where it's not the best, but it is way better than what I was making before. It's all because I took this lesson and I decided I'm going to make something of this. I'm not just going to throw this out and quit. And with that, I mean, that's, Ultimately, that's that's how you should be looking at some of these quote unquote failures, because I'm sure I'm sure you've had these same sort of experiences and you felt like a failure or someone just told me told you you're not doing that right. And when someone says that you feel like a failure, but it's important to take what they're saying, digest it, think on it, maybe try applying what they told you to your track or your next track and see if it works. And that's how you can kind of determine, well, do I want to listen to this person's feedback or not? Because you don't have to, ultimately. You really don't have to. But if you don't try to take what they say and try applying it, 
you're not doing yourself any good because you never know what they they might tell you something in a harsh way, but it might be what you need to hear and it might be what you need to further yourself and make yourself better. So let's now let's transition because now if you start looking at failures in this this way of they're not really failures, they're lessons unless you don't try them out at all. Then you're going to start seeing more successes for yourself. So let's talk a little bit about what exactly a success is. You know, I, I think in my opinion, like I was saying before, if you if you feel like you're failing, um, but you take these lessons and you work on them and you apply them, that can be you can if you start working on that, you're going to start seeing those as successes in your tracks are going to get better. And if if you're if your version of being successful as a producer is making really good music, then you're going to quickly see those successes come a lot faster if you start taking these failures, quote unquote failures or lessons and applying them. The next track will be better. And then you can start seeing those successes a lot faster. Now, success is just like a failure. It's completely determined on what you think it is. I think the best way to reach more successes is to set goals. The best way to set goals to get you to where you want to be is I would say set a goal for a year. Where do you want to be at in a year? And then you can backtrack from that year long goal and set sub goals or mini goals that all add up to achieve that one. So let's say you want to play a show in a year at a local venue and you want half of the set to be your music is is fully is stuff that you have produced. And that's kind of like a two part goal. Now, what do you want more? Do you want do you want to play that show or do you want, let's say, seven or eight tracks that are fully produced that are yours that you want to play? In my opinion, me personally, I would want to at least play the show because if I only have three or four tracks, that's still good enough. I'm still playing my music. But I've made that network and that goal to make more shows, to make money, to play those shows and ultimately to make money and to build a fan base in your local area. So that show, in my opinion, is a little bit more important. We want to play a show in a year, a local gig, and half of the music we want to play is our own produced stuff. I would say, what do we need to do? We need to backtrack from there. So we need to get connected to the promoter who's putting on shows. But how do we get connected to the promoter? So maybe let's set a goal in... Six to eight months, we're going to meet that promoter, get a face-to-face, maybe take them out to lunch. Well, how do we get to that promoter? Now, I would say within the first three to four months, your goal should be going to shows that they're throwing, connecting with the DJs, the local DJs that are playing those shows, and also anyone who's selling tickets, who is also promoting the show. Basically, the people around that promoter is who you're going to want to meet. So make that your goal for three to four months. So now we have the entire goal set up for the entire year. And it's a realistic outcome. You're going to spend because, you know, the promoter is not going to be putting on a show every single day, maybe weekly, if not at least probably once a month, maybe twice a month, every two weeks. So that's enough for you to get money, go to the show and start talking to people, figure out who's posting things on Facebook. Um, 
just find out the team that's involved in those shows and get connected to the peop- the person who basically books the artists and build relationships with those people for three to four months. Once you've done that, you've met your goal. You've, you've hit that first three to four month goal. That's a success. You're a step closer to your bigger goal. Now, what you want to do is take the next three to six months or sorry, like four to eight months, talk to people and say, hey, how can I get connected to the promoter? Or by then, if you're already involved in that circle, I'm sure you've probably met the promoter by then. So you're already getting closer and closer to your goal. What you want to do is start talking to that promoter through this network. Take that promoter out for a drink, lunch, dinner, something so that you can get a face to face meeting. Start talking to him and build that relationship. By that time, you've got skin in the game now. You've built these relationships. If you've managed to nurture them and people actually like you, you're going to hit that goal by the end of the year. Now, in between those shows, what you need to be doing is making tracks, work on tracks, start start building tracks, send them out for feedback, get criticism. So you're doing that on the in-between so that I'm sure within a year, you can, that's, that's a track every two months that's playable. That is, that is an easy goal to reach. You can reach that goal within a year. I mean, you're doing everything you need to do on the sidelines to get the show. And then also you're working on your music and getting better as a musician. And by the time you hit that year end goal, you're gonna have all the music you need to play for that show. And as you're doing this, I mean, yeah, you can see it as like, so you can see making those tracks as every two months, I want to have a playable track. That's a good goal to set. And you will hit those, hit those goals. Cause those, you will hit those and those will feel like successes. You'll, you'll hit that stride one day where you're, where you'll go. This is it. This is the first fucking track that I know I'm going to play at the set, or this is the second one or third one. It's all fucking coming together. And you're going to feel so much better about yourself because you don't just have this one big goal that you're hoping for. Um, because you know, if you just set that goal of, well, I want to play a show locally and you don't have a game plan for that. What's what's going to come of it? You're basically setting yourself up for failure. Like like we were saying, like I was saying at the beginning, if you set up this goal at the end, I want to play this show, this local show in a year, but you're not going to take the steps or try to get to that goal. Besides, I'm just going to make music and share it with friends or people locally you're not going to get to that goal. You're you're going to get to that year point and you're going to feel like a failure. And the reason you're going to feel like a failure is because you didn't try. You didn't go for it. So it's important when you're looking at some of these goals to set up sub goals or mini goals to that build up to that bigger one, because it's easier to take them in little bite sized chunks and you're going to feel so much better once you hit those. Now, when you start reaching these bigger goals. So let's say you do hit that big one at the end of the year and you play that local show and you've got these six tracks, you're going to feel like you're going to feel like the top of the world. You're going to feel like you're the shit. You, no one can fucking touch you. You're amazing. Now this is where ego can get in the way and you need to, I mean, you, you gotta be humbling yourself 
the entire time you're on this journey. It's so important to be humble when you're trying to reach these bigger goals and get the the success that you're wanting to get. If you don't stay humble, it is unbelievable how quick these relationships you build in these networks to get what you need or get what you want will just fall apart, especially at an early stage. If you're at an early stage in your career and you're hitting these big successes and you're not humbling yourself or being humble, if you're not being humble, people are going to see through that. Fans will see through that very quickly and you're going to be back to square one. You're going to be stuck at nothing. And ultimately, you're going to feel like a failure if you're at that point. So it's extremely important to look back on your journey and understand where you were at certain points. Realize how you got there. And it's very important to understand that you worked hard to get to that point. But you also need to understand that, you know, you're not the only one on this journey. You're not the only one that has made all of your success, especially if you work to network this promoter and this promoter gives you the show. The promoter didn't need to do that. They didn't need to give you that show. They gave it to you because they liked you and they see something in you and understand that it's not just you getting you to your own successes. It's the people around you, the people you're networking with, talking with, and the people who open up doors for you. You need to stay humble to these people. You need to understand your roots and where you come from and have respect for the people around you. Because if you don't have respect for them, they're not going to have respect for you. And the last thing you want is people going around spreading bad words on your name because people remember that. People will remember when someone talks bad about your name more than they will remember a big success of yours. Because that's a red flag for them. They realize, oh, that's someone, one, they probably don't want to be, but two, they also don't want to be involved with. So with successes, you just, you know, you, you really have to look at them, look at them for what they are, like be happy about them, accept them and realize, you know, I've worked really hard for this and that's okay. You can feel that you, you should feel that way. You should feel excited and happy for everything that you've done for yourself but you also need to realize where you came from. And, you know, you never know when there will be a kid or someone that hits you up asking you for help that's in the exact same position as you are. And in five to 10 years, all of a sudden, they're at the top, they're at the same level as you. And now they're basically a colleague. But here's the thing, is they've been spreading your bad name for years around the industry as they come up. Because you wouldn't give them the time of day because you didn't think they're worthy enough. And a lot of this comes with ego when these successes come in. And I think the best book to read about this, about humbling yourself and being humble with success, because with success, you know, with big success, it comes rapidly, it comes quickly. It can be very overwhelming and that ego just follows right behind. So I would suggest that you pick up Ego is the Enemy. It's, I think, $20 on Amazon. It's a really, really, really great book about how to process ego and how to spot when your ego is getting out of control and really about checking your own ego. 
Um, so this is this, and this is something that even I struggle with on a day to day basis. Ego is, I think, ego is one of the biggest things as a, like the biggest flaws for humans, especially when you start seeing success. When you start seeing success, this your your ego inflates so big that you start to lose yourself, and this is when people. I mean, this is people, you've heard it before. People go, oh, that they weren't like that when I knew them before they were successful. You'll hear this all the time that they change. The fame changed them. The money changed them. And it's really ultimately the ego. The ego is what changed them. They got a little bit of taste for success and they felt like they were above so many people. They're now hitting this elite status. And because of that, the ego just follows that. And, you know, ego is so central in that culture of success and elitism. So it's it's important to look back on who you were 10 years ago, who you were five years ago, two years ago, where you were when you were nothing, who helped you out respect that and understand that and know that it you're not the only one in this game you're not the best of the best and you need to have this student mentality and i I think a student mentality is what really helps and cures ego ultimately because if you have this student mentality of wanting to learn and take on more lessons you will never feel like you're the master or the top of the top because you're always going to be listening to someone and learning and knowing that, okay, there's still so much more work that I need to put in. And that is what's important. That is how you defeat ego by realizing I'm never going to be the best of the best. There's always going to be someone that I can learn from that's going to teach me something new. Thanks for tuning into this episode, guys. Head to www.enviousaudio.com slash episode seven to check out the show notes for this episode. And I'll see you guys in two weeks.